game picks. Right, let's get into our third segment of game picks now, and we start with the eagerly anticipated NFC South clash between the South. Uh, it was looking very much Falcons, as we talked about earlier. Play of oh. Baker Mayfield in particular has uh, changed the narrative in the NFC South. Connor's having some technical uh, difficulties. Connor, you're there. Uh, you're, you're, you're in and out there. Your broadband went a bit haywire, a bit like Derek Carr from one week to the next. I, 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 I don't know with this one initially. Yeah, like we saw again last Thursday that when the Saints right now come up against a better side, that just there's just no match for them. And the score last week was a disservice to the Rams team. It finished 20 22. Derek Carr started off well, but as the game went lingered on, he struggled, and you're talking about earlier on, kind of a, a defense. You, what we say, we, we underestimate this Rams defense, but I certainly think over the course of the season, we've probably did a disservice to the Bucks defense. Going into the season, we didn't give them much of an opportunity to be in the mix in this division. We thought it was a rebuild here. What we did touch on in our NFC South preview, they still had a lot of players still there from the Super Bowl era defensively, and that's shown true in particular last week against a Jag side. And Baker Mayfield, we got to give it something. He's been written off so many times but this year and it looks like it's a, a good storyline because it looks like the Bucs want to revisit a contract and bring him back for next year. It's the Bucs for me. If they win this game, they win the division. Stakes are high for them, I think. The Derek Carr experience hasn't worked out whatsoever and I'll be first to put my hands up. I thought the Saints would win this division this year and I thought they'd even make waves in the playoffs but I was completely misguided about what I read. Derek Carr has struggled and I, it's understandable now as to why the Raiders moved on. It's a Baker Mayfield-led victory for me. In Tampa this Sunday, and kudos to all Bucks fans who didn't give up at the start of the season because a lot of them told me they'd win the division. I thought they were mad. Yeah, I'm gonna defer to the wisdom of Roy Keane here. I remember Roy Keane saying once that there's a there's a location, there's a team, there's a city that suits every player and manager, and sometimes it takes people a while to find home in sporting terms. I think Baker is home. I think something is happening in Tampa that that's changed the narrative there from where we thought it would be at the start of the season um, I think they're closing in on something um, special from their point of view at a time when we thought they'd be kind of tearing it down and, and, and thinking about the future um, the, the future is now you know they, they could be the, the prize here is a home playoff game in, in the wildcard round like who doesn't want that from where the season started off yeah there's a huge amount to play for for the Saints but Saints have been one of the disappointments of the season for me I think the whole is so much less than some of the parts there um, I don't see the Bucks coming a cropper here at home, or rather, if they do, I don't think the Saints are the team that's gonna gonna knock them off their spot. Um, it's a Tampa win for me, Colm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Baker has matured. I think that's one of the the big pieces here, Connor. I think, um, yeah, he came out of college. He was the the number one pick. Talked about it with Shane. I think if they had that draft over again, um, Josh Allen would be the the number one pick. But Baker went. Um, and that can kind of go to your head a little bit. And there was huge interest and expectation. Like the the number, uh, I know Kevin Clark was talking about it this on his podcast, the number of of, t- of media who went to the um, Browns training camps when Baker was there those first couple of years, it was enormous. And then it didn't work out there. He went to the Panthers. Things didn't work out there. He went to the Rams. Um, and maybe bouncing around and maybe entering the kind of last chance saloon did have an impact. And I think, um, they, you know, 
uh, fatherhood is might be another thing that potentially uh, led him to to being a little bit more mature. But he does look more mature, and the the stories and think that it lead to him being a lot more knackered. Now you're making me think I should rethink my pick. <laughs> um, but like Brian is talking about, they want to get the contract done. He yeah, that's partly because of the fact that apparently he is a really good influence in the locker room as well, and so. Um, we we had talked earlier this season. We've talked on and off about like the defensive piece, and Brian mentions them. Anton Winfield Jr. is having a career season uh, again. Contract year has its um, you know uh, funny how that impacts, but he is he's been absolutely magnificent and good for him. Um, he deserves it. There's plenty, uh, you know, in the 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 owners make plenty of money. We you know again again I think we could probably once again uh, given. Lamar and, and everything else the fact that you know no one was willing the owners that was probably a cartel type decision um I can maybe say that they're given that we're 58 minutes into to this um but what um I I, I do, yeah I I'm delighted I suppose for Baker if he has grown up right because the talent was there the issue was he you know and and players get coddled and people get coddled and celebrities get coddled and he certainly got coddled um, but maybe he's grown up um, and it's great to see, I suppose, for for Todd Bowles and they have d- like it's night and day from the way this offense looked last year. Uh, I do think this I do think Dennis Allen will want to ruin and the par- parade a little bit, but I just don't think that the Saints have enough. And ultimately, the Saints are in yet another team who are going to be going into the offseason wondering what exactly they're going to do at the, the quarterback position. But I think the Bucs um, will keep this going. Um, but now, you know, the, the question I would pose to them, and I've asked this before, how have they not got Mike Evans um, tied up for next year? All right, Steelers at Seahawks next game up. Uh, I give up trying to pick the Steelers. Like, I can never figure it out. I did, like, uh, they have me seeing ghosts now. I, I get it wrong every single time. I spoke to a Steelers fan actually at the, at the watch party in, in Croke Park when they were playing the Browns, and they ultimately dropped that one. And he said very presciently, and I wish, wish I'd listened, he said, yeah, we suck, but so does pretty much every other team in the NFL. We'll be all right. And that's proven to be to be very correct. They've stacked enough wins against enough teams, some surprising, some less so. But uh, do they roll into Seattle and win this one? I think no, which then makes me second-guess myself and think I'm not looking closely enough at the Steelers. They had Rudolph with his throw so bright who guided them to that Christmas Eve uh, miracle win against uh, miracle win on 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 Christmas Eve, but Seahawks have, have won consecutive games now. They dropped four in that uh, in in that skid that they've had, but they very badly need this one now. And I don't know if need trumps want. And um, Steelers are still looking for their for their own playoff berth to be sealed. Um, it's a tough place to go though, and I think the Seahawks can. They have a free free enough scoring offense when they hit their groove. Um, it, it's strength on strength in that sense. I'm talking myself back and forwards, but uh, I I think Seattle are gonna are gonna win this one, Brian. I can't be sold on the Steelers. Steelers fans seem going. I dislike them. I don't dislike them. I just think it's reality, a harsh reality where they're at. If you look at that game last Saturday evening, and you look at the opening half, and people are saying, "This first time the Steelers have put up twenty points in the, over the course of five or six years," and it was the first time they scored twenty eight points. I think in two years. I mean, that says a lot in itself. But it's the Bengals couldn't get out of their own way in the first half. They, they they give up that big touchdown. They go they run they go straight down the field and give up a needless interception. 
they go for a fourth down when, when they probably should have taken a field goal and they, they missed that and then there was another they fumble okay we're, I'm getting into the narrative about one particular game as opposed to where we are in this game what, I, what I've seen over the course of the last two weeks and Conor Murray called it out when he went for Seattle to beat the Eagles Pete Carroll is a fantastic head coach whether you love him or hate him he's a fantastic head coach they lost some games in that run that they probably should have won and they've got it back on track the only game with 17 points last weekend the only game you know Small points, a small yardage terms offense or to the Eagles offense the previous week. They've got it back on track. Defensively, they're playing sound football. I don't think Rudolph can go in there and do that two weeks in a row. I said it last week, Rudolph did a did a number on the charges when no one expected him a couple of years ago when he was brought in on a Sunday night football. That's he's done it again last week. He won't do it two weeks in a row for me. Not in in, in Seattle. Seahawks win and put themselves in a great position. To be in the playoffs because they've got the cards in week eight did. Column as Brian was kind of alluding to there, for most teams, if you're still spinning the wheel and looking for your quarterback and you're not the Cleveland Browns, um, you're in an awful lot of trouble. But it hasn't worked out that way for the Steelers as of yet. Uh, is this the week where the shine comes off Rudolph's red nose? Yeah, I said it last week. Uh, I said it'd be a magic month uh, for Pete Carroll and for the, the Seahawks. The energy, like when they beat the Eagles, was insane. That locker room went bananas and Pete was cheerleader in chief. He knew that they needed to be picked up off the ground um, and he he did it. And the fact, like, what got missed, so Drew Locke got all the love, right, for his game-winning drive because it was, you know, on uh, primetime. Gino led them down the field the other the other day and, and a game-winning drive. And I mean, that's just back to back um, when, when the game was on the line and they needed it. The players have stepped up and I I think that they are going to have enough. I think Mike Tomlin, there was all the talk last week, right? He was def- having to defend George Pickens. I think that's kind of where Tomlin is at his best when his back is against the wall. That hasn't been the case this week. Uh, the focus has been off the, the Steelers. So... And having to go to Seattle, uh, I just think that will probably, you know, be the the deciding factor in this. I think the twelves, Pete Carroll and Geno Smith are bound for the playoffs. Brian Bengals at Chiefs. You would have thought both of these teams were were bound for big things at the start of this season. Indeed, at a certain point, this might have looked like a preview of the AFC Championship game. But kind of looking a lot less likely now. And the Bengals, as you touched on previously when we were talking about their game against the Steelers the other week, kind of have found a way, unfortunately, for them to to melt down in, in the past couple of games. Um, Chiefs dropped a really bad one uh, over Christmas themselves. They're not right. Um, we've been saying it for a long time. So this is an intriguing fixture, but for probably completely opposite reasons to what we thought would be intriguing about it a few weeks back. Yeah, it's hard to you know where, where both sides are because <clears throat> we thought the Bengals were one of the teams that we're dealing with having the, the back of quarterback the best in terms of how they play and having that recovery victory against the Vikings only to kind of lay an egg there last Saturday against the Steelers. I mean, the Chiefs, Conor Wright called their out last week going into that game. I was very keen on the Chiefs. I thought this was a, a get-right you know get right type of game. And Conor said, I'll lean Chiefs, but I could see it in a way in which the Raiders would keep it tight. And not only did they keep it tight to go and win this game, and it doesn't seem like there's a fear factor to go into Arrowhead this year. And... The Bengals have been there before and they've they've been waves away even going into the, the championship game last year it was Borough ahead and as opposed to Arrowhead and obviously he's out of picture now. I looked at the line in Quinbet and this seems quite large for me, Connor. They're minus seven points. They're essentially expects to win by eight points or more. 
they're not giving this Bengals team, you know, a chance. And I, I guess that's all down to how they played and how poorly they played last Saturday. I'm going to go Bengals. I still think the Chiefs are going to ruin that and lost last weekend. I just don't think things are right there. Offensively, they just can't seem to get any consistency in the game. And okay, the second was come back in the edit, but then obviously he was ruled out in the game. Maybe he's the factor. The Bengals defense, honestly, can and get get to the quarterback. I think this is another struggle for the Chiefs. And I'll leave Bengals and I'll Bengals I have to say, I still think the Chiefs are closer to being their best selves than 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 the Bengals are. Um, and uh, sorry, I, I, I let let me explain what I mean by that. I mean in in personnel terms, not in performance terms by any manner of means. And there's something not right there. And um, you know they haven't had guys step up on offense at all this season in the way they had last season. They got enough cameos from enough people at the right times, even including our old friend of the show, Kadarius Tony. Um, and, and that really just hasn't happened this season bar occasional flashes and they become a little bit more consistent to be fair to him from Rasheed Rice uh, and Pacheco has had a really good season in, in, in a sputtering offence um, but the, whatever way you look at it scheme you know you can see how frustrated Mahomes and, and Kelsey are getting on the sideline as the two guys who are expected to carry the offence it just hasn't gone in any way shape or form the way they would have wanted to have gone all through the season and you know shades of last season about that up to a certain point and we kept expecting that they would get it right they'd get it right they'd get it right they haven't done so um i do however think it for this particular game my feeling is that the bengals race is is pretty much run i I think they got as much as they could get from what they had available to them to get to this point and credit to them for even being able to dispute a playoff place in the way they have been uh, given the loss of burrow and and everything else that's, that's happened to them injury wise this season um Chiefs have been there, done that, and you know the back of your mind is no team knows better how to navigate the path to the playoffs and, and, and get through them in the NFL right now than than Kansas City. I, I just don't see them dropping this one because they really, really need it now. You know, you might have said that the same about the Raiders game last week and would have been one that they should have shot down for a W, and I'm sure they had done. But that slap in the face, that blast of cold water, whatever way you want to phrase it, I think it's going to be enough. I, I do see Kansas City taking this one, Colin. Um. Uh, there, there's sense to what you're saying, Connor. But the Chiefs have been given the benefit of the doubt week in, week out, week in, week out, and it hasn't worked. And if anything, they've gotten worse. And it, it's funny, right? Because over the past few years, all the talk was that the enemy really didn't do a whole lot. You know, I mean, he was almost reduced to the, you know, the idea of being a ball boy or or a water boy, right? He, what, what did the enemy do? I mean, and all of a sudden, we see what the enemy did. He he kept people in line because the 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 issue isn't just that the Chiefs aren't playing well. It's that Patrick Mahomes, um, as gifted as he is, has absolutely thrown the toys out of the pram. Like the the stuff on the sideline, fine, right? If you're having a go at your own line, Peyton Manning uh, famously uh, went at it with Jeff Saturday. But it's not just the O line; like it's it's everything. It's the facial expressions. It's the um, the the stuff that his family are, are putting up, bl- blaming everyone but himself. It's his. He refuses to play in structure. Okay, it's all very well. Yes, Patrick, you have the talent to run around to play out a structure, but he refuses to play in structure. He is deliberately stepping back, looking, waiting, 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 waiting. At some point, Patrick, you have to throw the ball. Like, there are roots, there's a structure to the game, and he, I know he has the talent, but 
the rest of it isn't talented. And you are only as good as your worst piece. And if you are going to play the game at a different level, well, that's fine. But the rest of the people aren't do there. And yes, Patrick, you can hold the Chiefs accountable and you can have conversations with Brett Beach that he wasted one of your years. But that ain't going to change this week or next week or the playoffs. They can't bring anyone else in. So Patrick has to start playing in structure and the inability of anyone on the sideline there to rein him in, which is clearly what the enemy was willing to do. That to me is a huge concern. I think they're blessed to be playing a Bengals team that I agree with you, Connor. I think they're beaten up and, and broken. Um, I, I just don't think they'll have it. If the Chiefs were playing almost anyone else this week, I'd probably go against them. I think they're absolutely blessed to be going against a Bengals team where when where the Bengals find themselves currently. Um, but I do think that they have to get things in structure for this season. And yes, you can have conversations afterwards, but it's not even just the receivers. It's the fact that the line, um, they spent big money um, and that hasn't worked out. And for all of the entertainment you get from watching Pacheco run, and there's plenty of memes out there, the guy lacks vision. He misses so many holes. It's unbelievable. Um, and he has had two shoulder surgeries this season alone. This season alone. Um, I, I have enormous concerns for the, the Chiefs. Yes, they have Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they have Andy Reid, but they have a host of problems. All that said, I'm going to pick them against the Bengals. I think we have, uh, I think we've lost Connor, Brian. We have indeed, yeah. He's, uh, he's clearly in shock at your, uh, your, your struggles on, on the Mr. Mahomes. So look, we'll bring it to you, Connor. We'll take it from here. He's, he's he's still in shock. He's in freeze frame. The Broncos are home to the Chargers, and we spoke a couple of weeks back around the fact that oh here we go. Uh, Connor, I hand it back over to you. Chargers, Chargers, Broncos. I let you lead it in. Sorry, apologies. The broadband has obviously had its fair share of uh, cheese and crackers and uh, chocolates and all the rest, but it's running a bit slow today, like myself. But um, yeah, Chargers at Broncos. Um, look, I, I might lead off at, at this one before I handed it over to to, to you, Brian, but. Uh, I thought the charges were interesting last weekend. You know, we talked about how good the Bills are and how dangerous the Bills are right now as they seem to be kind of getting back in stride. And yet the Chargers gave them plenty of it at the weekend for a team with nothing to play for. Uh, and sometimes that can make you a bit of a dangerous floater at this time of the season because players ultimately are playing for their jobs and that makes them something of a dangerous wounded animal. They're slightly unpredictable. Um, Broncos, as we've seen, were on the boil um, going very strongly for, for four or five weeks when they had that run of consecutive wins. Had two tough losses, though, in the past two weeks. Lions forgivable, Patriots slightly less so. Um, three weeks ago, Broncos easily dismissed the Chargers 24-7. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite that easy this time out, but uh, ultimately I think this will be a, a home win in mile high. Brian, what do you reckon? I agree. I think uh, I think it's a Broncos victory. I'm not Stalled on it. Bearing in mind how things have played out over the course of the last two weeks for the Broncos, because we all felt they were going in a, in a very good, um, very good spot in terms of whilst they lost a, a difficult game against you know a really strong Lions team, it was there in front of them to beat the Patriots, to beat the Chargers, and they had to face the Raiders. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have wanted a, a better finish to put yourself in a position to make the playoffs. And Colin said last week, "Hold your horse, sir." I think this Patriots game 
could be a lot tougher than, than people think. I, did, I didn't buy into it. And they come up and stuck. And I ended up watching the game, you know, going into Christmas Day. And what struck me was, it just seemed chaotic. Everything seemed in brooks. The fans were bought into it because of the nature of how they came back. But everything just seemed to be a bit haywire for me. And we haven't seen that over the course of the last six, seven weeks. Because what we saw early on in the season, it seemed to have moved over, they moved away from it. And Sean Payton seemed to have got all that under control. And maybe I've really missed Definitely where they're where they're at right now, but it just struck me. It reminded me of the team we saw earlier on in the season, as opposed to the team that went on that standout run over the course of the season. And I let Colin take the reins on on the Russell Wilson news. And ironically, the cornerback who's going to benefit from Russell Wilson being sat for the two weeks is the same one who who benefited in 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 Las Vegas last year and put themselves in a position to be you know one of the highly sought after backups going into the off season. And that's it. He's going to play the next two weeks, but. I let Colin give his thoughts on this because he's the man doing the uh, the Broncos podcast. It's it's I'm looking forward to hearing this. Uh yeah, like you're talking about the game, but that's not the story. Like the story is the fact that Russell Wilson has been benched and Jared Stidham is starter. And that is despite what Rappaport tweeted, this is a football decision. Is it's not a, a football decision, it's a 2024 decision. Russell Wilson's time in Denver is done, right? This is over. The reason Russell Wilson has been benched is because he had guaranteed money if he got injured, similar to Derek Carr last year, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it's kind of become a clause that, that may be a death knell in certain instances. Um, this you know, the, the Broncos went on a fantastic run. But ultimately, what was the Broncos' identity during that time? What, like, how were the Broncos w- winning game? I, I, I think I described it during that time as like MacGyver. Like, basically, they were finding bits of chewing gum and a hair clip um, and a rubber band and, and sticking it together to try a, and win. They got great turnovers. Um, but there was no identity there. And this team has lacked an identity all season. The trade for Russell Wilson made sense. The contract extension for Russell Wilson never made sense. And um, we, we know a thing or two about public inquiries and tribunals in this country. Uh, we should probably have an inquiry genuinely into the details of the Russell Wilson contract extension it, because it hasn't even kicked in. Russell Wilson was given a contract extension with two years remaining on his current deal, which was last year and this year. Um, he was it was guaranteed money. So if Russell Wilson is on the Broncos roster on the fifth day of the 2024 league season, his 2025 salary gets guaranteed. I mean, they essentially they didn't just give away trade, um, you know, or t- trade picks for and players for Russ. They gave him um, and, uh, you know, the king, the, the keys to the kingdom. Like only the Aaron Rodgers, only Aaron Rodgers got more out of it. Russ got his own office. Russ got to do what he wanted last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the Broncos are moving on. This is what this means. So this is much more than I like. It, it, at this point, it doesn't really matter whether the Broncos win out or not. This is about Sean Payton deciding that he is moving on from Russell Wilson. I'm interested to see if the Broncos. General Manager George Payton survives this because he is ultimately the man who made um, that decision. And remember now, the Broncos moved on from Randy Gregory earlier this year. They moved on from Kareem Jackson. They moved on from Frank Clark. Um, so to say free agency has been an unmitigated disaster is actually in the George Payton era is actually an understatement. And um, 
yeah, this will have huge repercussions. Only the Deshaun Watson deal um, has the potential of being a worse um, trade and a worse contract in NFL history. And the the Broncos, yeah, it, none of this matters because it's about now, will, I mean, essentially for Stidham, is this the audition for him to become? Because with the cap hit, the Broncos are going to either have to take 85 million in a cap hit next year or basically spread it out over the course of two seasons, like 40 million and 45 million. That's the question um, in this. Are they going to run it back with Stidham? Are they going to draft a guy how are they going to uh, approach this? The questions for the Broncos are, are much bigger. Again, they're probably haunted to be running into a Chargers team um, who could want, who want to be anywhere else and who know that they are going to have to cut players to get under the cap next year. Um, this is probably not one that is going to be filled with quality, I would imagine, at the, the weekend. Um, but it being at home, I'm going to go with uh, the Broncos. But yeah, the fact that they have, uh, as we are on uh, air here, the uh, the NFL um, uh, insiders, they have all five insiders, all five of them on screen at the same time talking about the Russell Wilson situation. The quad box. All right, our, our final game, Sunday night game. I'm sorry, before we get to Sunday night, I should mention we didn't say it when we were talking about it, but the Saturday night game, because it is the time of the year that's in it, and it's a, it, it's a nice one for fans, particularly on this side of the Atlantic. The Saturday night game is, is Lions and Cowboys. That game takes place into the early hours uh, of Sunday morning. Our time's quarter past one kickoff there, so we're putting that in the, the watching diary for the weekend. The Sunday night game, though, is Packers at Vikings, a vital NFC North clash for both of those teams with playoff aspirations still uh, intact. Brian, the Packers had a fairly laboured win against what is, after all, the worst team in the league in the Panthers last time out. The Vikings have been on something of an alarming skid. They've only won one of their last five games. Um, so both of them arrive uh, with, with plenty to think about, but who leaves uh, Minnesota with the win? Yeah, I think the storyline for this one is kind of come out in the last hour as well. And Jerry Alexander has been suspended by the Packers for this game. So they've made a decision that he will not be available. So obviously there's some in-house issues going on there within, within Green Bay. And the Packers, for me, were getting ahead of themselves a couple of weeks ago. I, I felt the Giants would beat them, and that says a lot for anyone where the Giants are in the season. They, I haven't been sold on them. And the Vikings played really well. And the Vikings played well last week against the Lions team. I mean, the storyline, obviously, is the Lions coming out on top and winning the division. And we all selected the Lions. But they did put up a better performance in which we've seen. I, mean, I think one of the... Killer blows for them now is that Hawkinson has been ruled out for the season. So even if they do navigate a way to make the playoffs, to, to lose their best, one arguably one of their best pairs of offense, it's going to be a difficult one as well. I'm not I'm, this one for me is this is a bit of a coin flip type of game for me. I think it will for me will come down to who wants it more. I think the Vikings went in there earlier in the season when the, the Packers were struggling and Jordan Love was trying to find themselves as a quarterback for this team and they've kind of put a bit of a beat down on them in, in Lambeau. I'll go Vikings again. I think the Vikings will. By the way, and Tickler Flores, I think he'll he'll have something in, in store for for Lord, for for Love on Sunday night, going into Monday morning, and I think the Vikings give themselves an opportunity come week eighteen to potentially make the playoffs. Yeah, I can see the logic in that, but um, I'm ultimately going to go with where my head was at the start of the season. I said the Vikings would miss the playoffs, and I said I think the Packers might be a sneaky shout to to, to make the playoffs. Ultimately, um, I think given everything that's happened in Minnesota. It's great credit to the Vikings that they're even in the conversation at this time. You know, they've put it together with um, 
as you said, Colin, we've kind of MacGyvered it at the times to, to get to this position. And Brian Flores has been the standout um, coordinator this year on either side of the ball. It's been sensational what he's done. He's kind of rewriting the the book for defensive coordinators this season, particularly given the talent or lack thereof that he has to, as, at his disposal. I mean, can you imagine what Brian Flores would do with tools that the Packers have, um, notwithstanding that Jair Alexander uh, is in the bad books for whatever reason. I mean, given what they have there and Rashawn, Gary and Preston Smith and uh, and others, the Packers are, you know, you would think very well set to get rid of Rasul Douglas earlier this season as well. They had some pretty good uh, weapons uh, on that side of the ball. Um, jury's still out in Jordan Love. I think at times he's he's looked really good. Um, at times it, it's it's been a little bit of a work in progress. Still, we have to underline a very young receiver core. At times... We, we've seen the Lafleur magic pull it all together. You know, we, we, we talked about him prior to this season as being Mr. December. He'd never lost a game in December prior to, to this year. Um, he's That record is no longer intact. But I, I don't think he'll be adding to the debit column this weekend. I think Green Bay will get out of here with a win. Colin? Um, like, I I really like um, Green, Green Bay's offense. And I think they've done a great job of developing... Uh, Jordan Love talked about it previously. Development isn't always linear, so there have been some missteps along the way. Um, and you're right, Connor. If uh, they had Brian Flores coaching this Packers um, defense, my goodness, um, I, I, I think um, I mean, Gar- no one's Gar- happier than me that they don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hey, I know Gar- Gary Murphy at DCU. I think uh, given that the Lions just won it, because I think if they had Brian Flores uh, coaching it, they the Lions may not be the division champions. Um, but the fact is that they do ha- have him and, and he is a, a real issue. And the the fact that Jair Alexander uh, got suspended by all accounts from what I understand because he decided to crash the coin toss um, and he wasn't a game day captain. And so he um, crashed it and basically uh, overruled the coaches. And I think that's why, because again, you have to, you know, um, there ha- there has to be so- some sort of semblance of order on these things. Um, uh, means that he won't be able to, and himself and uh, Justin Jefferson have had plenty to say uh, to one another over the past few years. It's been a little bit um, like uh, Josh Norman and OBJ uh, without the uh, level of violence that uh, those two gentlemen used to engage in. Um, but it certainly was uh, d- decent battles. Um, I I think the Vikings like the 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 interceptions are the the issue, and I wonder will they start Nick Mullins? I don't know if that's been confirmed. There was talks that they might go back to the rookie, which says everything. But I I think that they can take advantage of the Packers' issues because Joe Barry has shown no willingness to learn from. His mistakes, and again, this is not just recent weeks. This has been going on for years at this point. I think Jefferson and the Vikings can take advantage of that, and and win a high scoring a high scoring game. Again, could the could the Packers absolutely you know go out and win this? Yes, they could. But I think this will be a, a high scoring game, and I think um, that the Vikings come out on the right side of it. All right, that's it for our week 17 picks. A lot of games, a lot of action, and a lot of specials with Quinn Beth. In fairness, they came on during the season. I just wanted to give a final shout-out to them. They've been very supportive of the show. They've been providing us with great merchandise this week. Um, 
18 plus two gambling responsibility, response free, sorry. And, uh, but there's a lot of games, a lot of interesting odds because if you look at the, the Lions, Connor, across the, the ladies weekend, a lot of games that are, shall we say, up for grabs because it's so tight and obviously a lot of excitement with two weeks to go. Great stuff. We're looking forward to it. It'll all be here on the Irish NFL show. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.